Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Hey, 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 everybody. It's Bridget McGowan, and welcome to this episode of Own the Microphone. Today, I have with me Dominique Fraser. It's really pronounced French, okay? There's a French pronunciation to her last name. If you've been listening me for listening to me for some time, you know I'm from Texas. And <laughs> sometimes my speech just isn't so sophisticated. So, Dominique, how is it pronounced in French? Hi, Bridget. Thank you for having me first. And my name is Dominique Fraser. <laughs> there we have it. There we have it. I was not going to run the risk of butchering no, okay. that beautiful, <laughs> that beautiful pronunciation. Now, Dominique, you were sharing with me before we hit record today that you have not always been a confident speaker. Talk to us about that. Oh, no, I wasn't. I remember, you know, at school, we had some assignment where we had to speak before uh, the class and I wanted to die. <laughs> I remember I thought this exercise is not healthy at all. It was so stressful. And we had just to sometimes just know a subject, a subject by heart and pitch it to a 30 people class. And I remember it was my worst nightmare at that time. And a few years later, I was uh, in the scouts, you know, I was one of the uh, person in, in charge of the scouts group. And I had to present some techniques about fires and woods and stuff like that. And I remember seeing all those little eyes looking at me and I wanted to die again, you know. So it, <laughs> I had a, a huge transformation, I think, throughout the years to become now um, an efficient speaker that I can be in front of 200 people and not have a hinge at all. And even to, uh, I can even improvise with, uh, with an ease that uh, I didn't have at that time. That's incredible. It's something about growth. Growth is yeah. never comfortable, right? Change mm -hmm. is never comfortable. And it's necessary at the same time. It's, it's just this wild, wild situation when it comes to growth and making yourself better. And then the level of discomfort that can also come along with it. But when you think about what the end product could be, OMG, you think to yourself, I should have done this a long time ago. Now, Dominique, what are some topics or some core messages on which you speak? Uh, usually it's more about uh, high ticket sales. I would speak also about online marketing, uh, how to create online schools and uh, stuff like that. Um, and also I will talk about uh, self value. Actually, this is one of my preferred, uh, favorite uh, topic where, uh, and especially when I I'm giving a speak and I can see like like breakthroughs going through eyes is, you know, people are getting, oh, wow, aha moments. And, uh, and if they can just after maybe, you know, sometimes we have 15 minutes to speak, other time we have 45 minutes. So if after the speak I will give, they can just end up with one, two or three breakthroughs 
and see themselves like uh, a lot more valuable than before the presentation that I'm just happy with that and it means that I succeed <laughs> my goal <laughs> those are the best moments the aha mm. moments the oh, breakthroughs yeah. yes when you see the light bulbs go off or on yeah. <laughs> in the audience <laughs> yes yes when you and you see it in the faces you see it in the body language do you have a time when a light bulb went off for an audience member or on? Why do I keep saying off when it turned on for an audience member or when an audience member had an aha moment? Do you remember one of those and can share it with us? Like maybe tell us what was the topic you were speaking on or maybe what was the question you posed or what happened with that? Do you remember one of those instances? Oh, yeah, because uh, what I love the most is often after the speak, people are coming to you and they say, when you said that, it changed. So this is where I love to pick those comments, you know, and and even when I'm doing like online presentation, like like webinars and stuff like that, I really love to ask people what were like your biggest breakthrough, what really changed the perspective on yourself. And actually, the the moment that come back the most it's um, when I'm talking about people in their business, because for sure, I'm talking to a lot of entrepreneurs and um, I make them realize that often they aiming for a very a lower, like a goal that they should be. And I'm telling them, you know, if you would like to start a five star um, restaurant, for an example, would you create a fast food on the back of, I don't know, of the, the, the road, the highway? And then you will eventually like grew up the ladder and, and add some three star, four star to it, <laughs> or you will go all in <laughs> on like creating the best place, hiring the best chief chef, uh, hiring the decorator that uh, is just amazing. If you want to create a five star hotel, uh, not hotel, but restaurant, you will go all in with the five star things. So why are you aiming for two stars with your company? And I know that <laughs> I think it's one of the favorite moments of people are like, oh, yeah, that's so true. Um, I'm not aiming for the five star right away because I feel that I have to grow before achieving higher uh, goals, you know? Wow. It, it sounds like people oftentimes think small. And yeah. Right. And it reminds me of one of my friends, colleagues, and co-authors. Actually, she serves several roles in my life. Her name is Jackie. And she wrote something to the effect of, when you play small, you are not serving the world. And it just resonated with me, Dominique. It simply stuck with me. And it was, it was an aha moment for me. So I can see why that would be an aha moment for people in your audience. Speaking of the audience, tell me a time when you may have had a difficult audience member and what did you do? How did you handle that? Yeah, <laughs> it happens. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, it happens. And um, actually, I was doing a presentation um, about a technique um, uh, in the uh, illustri digital illustration, okay, and the guy was just speaking about 
I, I don't know why he was seeing this image from a, a very renowned photographer behind me. And he was just criticizing, oh, the lightning is, is off. The technique is bad. And it was like, uh, hey, yo, I'm doing a presentation here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't say that, but it sounds like I, 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 I was inside of my head telling what, what is his problem, you know? And, <laughs> and, and I was trying to say, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I understand. But he was like still uh, going again with other critique. And I just stopped my presentation and I told him, look, I understand your point of view. Thank you for sharing. But now I will continue my presentation. <laughs> so I, I just addressed the problem because he was not letting it go. <laughs> <laughs> I love, hey, yo, dude, like seriously. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to do something here. And you are like, <laughs> the focalization of the presentation was off, you know, like, we're not here to critique a photographer. We're here to, to learn what I have to say, you know? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, you handled that beautifully. Uh, what I loved most was you understood that this, this was your show. This, oh, was yeah. your, this was right. This was your zone of genius. This was mm. your opportunity. The event organizer and maybe you were the event organizer but whatever whomever the event organizer was had entrusted you had given you the great responsibility of ensuring that you imparted information to these people and you were not going to let anybody railroad you when when you have a difficult audience member this is what I've come to to realize Dominique when you have a difficult audience member there's a couple of things going on. The, the person either is unhappy with the content itself, the topic of the presentation, and I'll come back to that. Either it's the content, how the content is being delivered, or there's something else going on that nobody has any control over that is outside of what's happening right there in that room. Now, mm -hmm. when it comes to the content, well, you knew what this was going to be about before you showed up, okay? <laughs> you knew the topic before you even walked into the room. So that's your bad if you decided to come in here anyway when you knew you weren't going to like the topic. In terms of the delivery, well, I'm going to say this. He may have been looking at your delivery and thinking about his own methods of delivery. There may be some slight jealousy there. And he's trying oh, yeah. to find a way to poke holes yeah. in what is probably an outstanding performance on your part. But he's just trying to find some shortcoming, some misgiving, some misstep. And then third there's something else going on. And sometimes this kind of audience member, if he or she is in a room with other colleagues, they know him. They know her. <laughs> he or she is just quote unquote, that person. Right? <laughs> I love and what you're saying. I love what you're saying because it's, it's really on you. You are on the stage, you're doing thing. And it's always on them. You know, they have something going on in their life, in their heads. And, and I think that um, we have to address that. I, I can understand that maybe uh, speakers that more or more like beginners could be intimidated by that kind of, uh, of a thing happening. But 
I actually, I think we have to remind ourselves in our heads for sure, like, okay, I'm the expert here. Uh, this is my stage. This is my show. Like you said, this is my show. And what I love to apply, it's like my kind of three ro- rules to, uh, to deal with uh, problematic people. <laughs> and, it, and it works on stage. It works everywhere, okay? <laughs> I had clients like that. I had sometimes emails like that, you know. And it's, first of all, it's just to, like, thank the person for the, the opinion and try to, like, just close the subject. Like, oh, thank you very much. I appreciate. Okay, let's continue now. But if the person insists, the second time I will be more like, okay, yeah, okay, I understand. But right now it's not the moment. And maybe I will even uh, tell the person, if you want, let, let's talk together alone after the show, you know, after the presentation. But the third time, if the person still insists, it's, I will point the door. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know what? You you can leave too, okay? Because right now, it's everybody who's suffering the, of the situation. So I will address the elephant in the room. Actually, I'm, I'm that bold, you know? <laughs> well, and you have to be, Dominic. Yeah. You have to be that bold. It's like with any challenge that you have in life. If there is a problem in a relationship, a problem with your child, a problem with a coworker, and you just keep ignoring it and sidestepping it and acting like it's not fair, it just gets bigger and oh, bigger yeah. and bigger. And you get more frustrated, you get angrier, you start to resent that person and it's like sweeping trash under a rug and you just keep sweeping it and the mound gets bigger and bigger but it doesn't fix anything so you do have to be that bold and for the listeners what Dominique laid out with her plan of three or her rule of three is spot on thank the person for sharing for opening up put a uh, wrap it up and uh, change course redirect thank you so much for that comment right now we're going to focus on x let's move on and then if it happens a second time (laughs) you you tell the person let's you and i have a conversation offline third time my goodness it's it's time to ask someone to leave okay and it's Mm -hmm. it's again like you said this is your show I often think about difficult audience members as almost kind of like a baby crying and with a baby crying you don't know what's going on right you don't know if the baby is hungry if the baby is tired if the baby is wet and that difficult audience member is just like that baby and you're thinking okay are you hungry are you tired are you wet like what is going on with you dude sometimes they just want attention sometimes they just want to show how much they know and oh my goodness I'll I'll just the show (laughs) but I can understand I can understand that it can be um, something scary for somebody who is uh, just starting to maybe you can be scared to that it will maybe happen to you but what is great is more experience that you have with people like that and more like uh, you, you are quick to resolve it. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I, I have a look, Dominique. I mean, I deal, you know, of course I use the diplomatic steps of 
you know, thanking the person for speaking up and contributing or pointing out something. And then let's redirect and get back on track so we can ensure that we cover everything on our agenda and finish on time. But there are, (laughs) I do have a couple of looks where I just look at you and it it, it lets you know everything, (laughs) everything that you need to know right now. (laughs) Yes. The stare technique. Yeah, I should I should try this one <laughs> next time. Mm. <laughs> and then, especially if you're in person, you can add a little bit more body language to it. Oh yeah. Maybe there's a there's a certain stance, right, where you're giving a certain energy that says, "Don't mess with me," <laughs> right? Don't <Yeah>. me. <laughs> and that's important to say that also when you are on the stage, you are the, you are kind you already have an authority. You are the authority right now. You're speaking, yes, that's yes. your moment. Yes. So use it. <laughs> yes. Yes. In 2010, everybody, Dominique Fraser founded an online school independently from her company which enabled her to double her sales figures in just a few months. And even today, her online school has brought her passive income. Through this initiative, Dominique Fraser has completely revolutionized her field of expertise and elevated her company to the rank of internationally renowned innovator of change. Her achievements have been appreciated by companies such as Moet and Chandon, Audi, Disney, and Giorgio Armani, just to name a few. In short, Dominique is a rock star, period. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Period, period. And as a rock star, Dominique, what would you say are indispensable tools of the best speakers, whether they are actual physical tools, like I cannot live without my clicker. Everybody knows that. (laughs) Or if they're, you know, intangible tools like mindset, what are some tools that are in the repositories of the best speakers in your opinion? Yeah, I, I do agree that I need my PowerPoint. You know, I love to speak with, with um, um, images, support, um, facts support and stuff like that. It uh, creates for me because I, before doing some like speech on, on like before uh, a lot of people, I was more like a teacher. So, and to have this support to frame my, and this is how I frame my time also. It helps me to get more, more concise, uh, concise on some, uh, a lot of subject. And I don't know, I just love it to have my PowerPoint, change the slides. And I think it adds some dynamics to the presentations too. And if I'm online, I'm like uh, online, like right now, uh, glass of water and you know what it seems maybe weird but tissues you never know when you will sneeze and (laughs) and have a huge problem so (laughs) it's it's got I don't know I I don't even sneeze in in life you know but when I'm speaking and maybe there's a little bit of stress it's like my body needs to evacuate (laughs) so yeah and I saw that with some of my clients too so Please, boss. (laughs) Really useful tool. (laughs) Well, I tell you, with speaking in the virtual environment more, I've been speaking virtually 
probably since maybe 2010 or something like that. But of course, not as much as I've been speaking virtually in recent months, if you will. Mm -hmm. And speaking virtually makes it so nice because like you said, I have empty water bottles actually over here that I need to put in the recycling bin. But you're able to have your bottles of water. I always keep one of my favorite tubes of lipstick nearby. You're able to keep everything right there in reach. And if you adjust your camera just right, your audience is not going to see all of the clutter. But on stage, right, you've got got your Kleenex box. I've got my tube of lipstick. We've both got bottles of water, which even on stage is not a bad idea to have your bottle of water. But I tend to keep a lot of things around me during a virtual presentation, a lot of note-taking materials. I have my phone handy just in case I need to switch to my uh, personal hotspot while I'm doing virtual presentations. The list goes on and on. And actually, I'm going to talk a little bit about presenting in the virtual space since that's a reality that hit a lot more people in 2020 than had been part of their realities in the past. And I believe going forward, that will continue to be more of a reality for uh, workers, speakers, companies, and so on. So one thing for virtual presentations, everybody, make sure you always are front lit. When you're giving a formal presentation, make sure if you are sitting somewhere and there's light in the room, that the light as much as possible as you can have all of that light right in front of you. If you don't have a room with a window that you can present in, go buy a light kit. You can get them relatively inexpensively. They're so common now. It used to be just makeup artists or hairstylists were the ones that would have these fabulous ring lights and such, but Mm -hmm. everybody has them in their home, but make sure you are front lit. The light is in front of you. Also consider standing when you present. Now I have a handy dandy standing desk that I got relatively inexpensively, but you can take, I used to do this before I got my standing desk. You can take a, a, uh, waste basket and turn it upside down and put a few books on top of it and, and put it on an even uh, surface and put your laptop there or your monitor there and then just make sure you adjust the camera so it's the right height and everything but just use everyday tools around the house a box I had a little filing cabinet one time that I used and then test it out beforehand also speaking of testing things out beforehand check your background you don't want want anything distracting you don't want anything where people are like oh what what is that back there and then you don't want a lot of clutter either I remember one time I was attending a virtual meeting that was being hosted by a local organization and they had a guest speaker that day and I could not pay attention to a thing that that man said because there was so much clutter all on the floor, all, I mean, just all, I don't know what all that stuff was, papers, books, clothes, tools, shoes, I don't, it was just all kinds of stuff. Now, I'm not saying you need to go and completely declutter your space, but I'm saying, check out the field of vision that your audience has, and then move stuff or adjust things, (laughs) so whatever they see is not going to take away from the overall presentation. So make sure you're front lit. Uh, 
make sure you declutter. And then what was my other one? I already forgot it. Something else that I was telling you. I always remember the front lighting, but then I forget the, the one in the middle. That's what happens with presentations too. People will remember one of the first things you say and one of the last things you say. And then a lot of times they'll forget a lot in the middle. Oh, stand, stand when you present, if you can. Light in front, stand up when you present, get rid of the clutter. All right. So those are just a few ideas. And I have another you, one. What would you add on to it, Dominique? Okay. Yeah, because you're right. Usually I do have my, uh, my uh, ring light. And by the way, Amazon, it's like very cheap, like 35 bucks and boom, you have what it takes, you know, a good microphone. Like right now, sometimes using just microphone uh, like uh, that you have at home can just work. And and also, if you're, you will do a presentation where we can see you with, uh, with uncluttered background foundation. And even for men, uh, because with the ring light, if uh, sometimes uh, you can seem a little bit tired, uh, it's online, you know, the, the, um, the quality of the image can be a little bit blurry, whatever. But using foundation in your face and a little bit of makeup and making sure that maybe you can be in slippers, but making sure that you have great outfit out there and then you look like uh, the level of what you're selling, actually. That's a good point, because I can tell a big difference in my how I look on camera with or without makeup or depending oh, yeah. on the amount of makeup that I put on. Uh, so I use a, I know this is TMI y'all, but I use a liquid foundation and then I also use a powder on top of that as well as some concealer. And if I use just the powder, no liquid, no concealer, yeah, it's better than nothing, but it's not as good as using all three. So that that's a great idea. And for women to have a more professional put together look, if you're also appearing on camera, yeah, makeup. I'm not saying you've got to just go and load it on and pack it. No, on, no, no, but no. Just no. a little something. You still want to look like yourself. You still want to be recognizable by people, but just a little, it gives you a nice polished finished look. In a little bit, Dominique, you're going to be able to ask me a question. Anything else about virtual presentations though, before we go on? Um, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it's all around presentation. Oh, and by the way, that's a trick that I, I do have that this may be silly, but it helps me <laughs> prepare when I will prepare. And mostly if I'm doing a, a live session, okay, because live session can be stressed out, even if you don't really see your audience, uh, if you're on zoom, yes, but if you are like in go to webinar stuff like that, you don't see any, you're seeing yourself. So <laughs> you can talk to 10 people or 1000 and you will not really know the difference, but before going live, um, I will always brush my teeth. Always. Th that, that seems silly, but it's, it's, it's kind of, okay, I'm ready, you know, makeup on, light. I have, okay, and I will verify my internet. <laughs> oh, and yeah, for sure. The, 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 you really need to have that. Put the little post-it on your ring belt, like, please, okay? Because you never know. It's always when you're doing a presentation live that somebody happened to arrive at your home. It happens to me once. It was my aunt. And she saw my car in the driveway. So she keep like ringing the bell. Ding, 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 because she knew I was there. 
then I was like, okay, <laughs> I want to excuse myself for a moment. I will see what's happening with the door. <laughs> I actually, Dominique, and I'm looking for it now. I actually have a sign that I put out when I'm recording. I didn't mm-hmm. put it out today, but it's just a sign that says, please do not ring the doorbell. Thank you. And it has a yeah. little smiley face on it. Right. And we mm-hmm. have this personal relationship with our UPS delivery man. His name is Reggie. He's so sweet. So now he just never rings it. Uh, you That's know, great. we've been living here a little over 11 years now and we, we, He's a friend. He's more of a friend than a UPS delivery guy to us. So now he just lightly taps on the door and leaves the package there because he knows, right? But uh, yes, just putting, stick a little sign right over the doorbell that says, please do not ring the doorbell. That is such a good tip. And I do it, right? I just didn't share it, but that's one thing that I do. And if you can have a second Wi-Fi option in the event something happens to your main Wi-Fi connection. I ended up getting a personal hotspot on my cell phone plan so that if I ever need to quickly switch over and use that because something's glitchy with my own, then I have that handy. We could do a full on show about virtual, (laughs) virtual presentations, but those are some, some really good tips. Really good ones, Dominique. Thank you for sharing. Now, in a second, you'll be able to ask me a question. Here's my next one for you. When you think about the last five years of your speaking career, and when you think about five years from now, what excites you the most? About speaking, it was, I think, going to audience. <laughs> because, uh, I, like I said, I started with classroom you know of 30 people and then uh one time I was maybe in front of a a crowd a little bit bigger and bigger and and every time it's a challenge because something new you know and you get used to it the the crowd that you have in front of you and every time and even today I would say that if I can go uh like over 1000 that would be a new challenge for me so this is what I love because also every Every time you speak, you, you even learn something yourself, you know, and the next time is always better and better and better and better. So, yeah, it's the growing process and the transformation that we are living through the presentation, too. You know, you made me think about something, and I think this is something that will help listeners Uh, maybe get a little bit more excited about presentations with each presentation, challenge yourself to learn something new. Mm-hmm. whether it is learn something new for that presentation. And that's a good way to, to keep content fresh because I know yeah. sometimes as a speaker, you make some of the same presentations over and over again. And yes, it may be a different audience in front of you, but it can be a challenge to try to find ways to keep it fresh. So challenge yourself to learn something new, either in the preparation or design of the presentation during the course of your presentation from audience members and the questions that you ask, or after your presentation, when people come up to you to further discuss, challenge yourself, endeavor to learn something new with each presentation. I think that keeps the momentum going and keeps the excitement hot. 
<laughs> yeah, and maybe try new stuff. Like for an example, um, because I told you I wasn't that comfortable, you know, talking in front of the camera or in front of the crowd. And what I realized, what really was a turning point for me is when I just realized that I could interact with the people in the group. <laughs> <laughs> you know and that would change everything like uh when the crowd like because often you are in front of the of a room and people are looking at you like with no smile no nothing in their face and you think oh they seem like all angry about at me <laughs> but actually it's just because they are concentrated on what you're saying and I just realized that when I was adding some jokes around or if I would uh, asking questions to people then everybody was lighting up and that would make me more comfortable. And um, so I, every presentation that I'm doing, I, I always try to do some different stuff. I'm tr uh, I will try some also maybe um, see, okay, maybe if I can include, uh, because sometimes I, I can sell something at the end of this presentation. So I will try to introduce uh, already what I will want to sell at the end. Uh, during the presentation and see how I can um, add some fluidity to my presentation. So every presentation is better one after the other. <laughs> yes, yes. It's my turn. I'm in the hot seat yeah. and you get to ask me a question. What is it? OMG. <laughs> okay, Bridget, what I love to know uh, when I'm in front of a speaking person with your experience I want to know what is your preparation what do you do are do you have a routine before doing uh, going on stage what is the kind of presentation you will do to make sure that it's a hit right and I actually wanted to comment a little, a little bit further on your routine of making sure that you always brush your teeth that is your thing <laughs> before you make your presentation, whether it's virtual or in person. And we think that's just a good thing in general, right? So what is my preparation routine? And the audience is going to be so sick of hearing me talk about this, but this oh. is, no, 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 no. But this is, this is my routine. I'm going to keep talking about it until everybody gets on board and starts doing it. So <laughs> my presentation routine is I must deliver my presentation to an empty room by myself. I don't need any spectators. I don't want any spectators. I need to deliver my presentation full on in, um, in solitude, if you will, at least three times if I have that kind of time to spare. And I will move, I will gesture, I will stop, I will nod, I will laugh. <laughs> It's quite comical, I'm sure, if you were a fly on the wall in a hotel room the night before one of my presentations. But that is one of my routines. But I want to add on to that because listeners have heard that from me a number of times. Uh, again, let me say this too. I've said this before. If you do not have the time or the bandwidth, let's be honest here, we're all stretched to the max. If you don't have the time or the bandwidth to practice your presentation full on, I'm talking about standing, gesturing, laughing, pausing for the questions, looking in that direction, moving over here when you do this and so on. If you don't have that bandwidth or time, 
then at least practice the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes of your presentation full on a minimum of three times each. So at least you have, I'm, I'm hoping you have at least an hour to devote to making sure you give a fantastic fantastic presentation. Now, let me add on to my routine. Another part of my routine is I like to go check out the room in which I'm going to be presenting, preferably the day before. If I cannot get in the day before or if it's too late or what have you, then I need to go see that room at least two or three hours before my actual presentation. And I've, I've used this analogy before where I say, think about going to a hotel room. The first time you click your key in and walk in and put down your luggage, you are, and it's just automatic. You, you, your mind just says, okay, uh, the bathroom is to the left. The closet is to the right. Okay. Where's the television remote? Okay. You check out everything. You get acclimated to this new area. So when you leave your hotel room and you return to it, well, it's familiar to you. And there's a higher level of comfort there. The same thing goes for me, for me visiting that presentation room the day before, or at least two or three hours before. Okay, this is where the seats are. This is where the podium and uh, lectern are. This is where I'm going to stand. This is where I'm going to start. I, I know where everything is, so I'm comfortable with the room. I've seen it before. So when I show up for my presentation and for my actual presentation, if I can, uh, it just, just depends. Oftentimes with conferences and such, you cannot show up 45 minutes to an hour before your presentation starts. That is my preference. But however much time the conference allows me to get in there before the start of my presentation, I'm there. If they tell me you can get in there 15 minutes early, I'm showing up 20, 25 minutes early to get into that room. Now, when it comes to virtual presentations, I do a similar have a similar routine. Instead of showing up to the room the day before to check it out, I like to have a run-through with the event coordinator, if you will, or my event contact at least a week or so before, especially if it's in a platform that I do not use often. I use Zoom on a weekly, almost daily basis. So Zoom, I'm still going to do something of a run-through on my own because I have my own Zoom account. I'm going to get in there and make sure I'm sharing slides at the right time. I'm transitioning at the right time and everything. But if it's something like WebEx that I don't use very often or GoToWebinar that I don't use very often, and then there are some platforms that are just lesser known. I remember in October 2020, Dominique, I presented in about three or four different virtual platforms. And in every last one of them, I insisted on at least a week before, can I get in? I not can, not may, I need to get in, not may yeah. I get in. I need to get in with one of your team members for at least 10, 15 minutes to make sure I understand all of the functionalities and how to share my slides, how to go on and off camera and so on. So I can make sure it's the best experience possible for your audience members. So that's my quote unquote virtual visiting the room the day before a presentation. And then just like, in-person presentations, my routine is to show up 45 minutes to an hour beforehand or however early I'm allowed to show up early. The same thing is going to go to for virtual presentation. I'm going to show up 15, 20 minutes beforehand. Some have allowed me to show up as early as 30 minutes beforehand so we can make sure I'm there, everything's set, I have what I need, and we're good to go. Uh, so I think that is everything involved in my routine, make sure I have my water and everything, but that's it.
Yeah. <laughs> and do you have a ritual? Because some people have a ritual, you know, uh, like uh, I, I saw that Tony Robbins, for an example, will just before going on stage, will tap his chest and <laughs> doing the, I don't know, the little, uh, I don't know, ritual thing. Right. I, you know, there may be some ritual that I have that I do subconsciously, but, uh, you know what, this is, I don't know that this is an actual ritual, but I will, before my presentation, just silently think through what are the first words that are coming out of my mouth in the first few minutes, but no, I don't have any kind of ritual like Uh, you know, beating my chest or drinking water or <laughs> singing a song or listening to music or jumping up and down or anything like that. I don't, I don't have anything like that. I will say, I don't like to be bothered. I don't, yeah. I'm not interested in, in engaging in conversation. I don't want to talk about the presentation. I don't, I, I don't want to be I don't want anyone talking to me. I have no interest in anyone talking to me because all I can think about is how am I going to give these people who are going to come in here in the next few minutes, the absolute best experience they can get from me. So I, I, I'm not interested in talking about the dry chicken plate that we had at lunch. I'm not interested in anything. No conversation for me. So maybe that's my ritual I don't want to talk. I have no interest in talking. <laughs> That's good. That's good. We have to empty. Uh, you know, somebody uh, taught me something like a few years ago and I keep uh, using it. It's very simple, but just before like going on stage, it's just to um, just pause, empty your, your, uh, your brain and just feel the energy of the, 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 the floor even if you are maybe in the second floor, but you just feel your feet on the floor and say, okay, I'm there, you know, I'm standing there and just feel that you present at 100% and then boom, we're starting the, the presentation. I love to do that. It's kind of a little, yeah. early, little <laughs> few seconds ritual. Your ritual. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, everybody has their thing that works for mm -hmm. them. And I know some people like, for, like to talk to someone before their presentation, maybe get... Uh, pumped up, energized, uh, get some positive vibes and have that friend that you can call right quick or tell someone, hey, listen, I've got a presentation tomorrow at 10 a.m. Is it okay if I give you a call or, or, or text you right quick at 9.45 and you know, send me something silly, send me something inspirational. Can you do that for me? Just kind of have them in the queue, uh, you know, that, that friend hotline, if you will, that you can reach out to if that is, helpful for you but you figure out what is it that works best for you in a stress mm -hmm. stressful situation and you know that that's what I think about for me in a stressful situation I just need quiet and calm I don't need anybody telling me what to do <laughs> I don't need anybody making recommendations <laughs> I just need I need the time to myself well in these last few minutes Dominique what would you tell the audience is the most important thing they should do going forward if they want to ensure that they're always successful when they present? Doing it. Doing it. Okay. So stop procrastinating, saying that maybe next year I will start doing presentation and, and just don't stop yourself for any reasons. Um, look at me. Uh, English is not my primary language. I do have an accent. Sometimes I don't put the verbs in the good place in the sentence. And you know what? Who cares? I have something interesting to say. And I'm sure that your audience do too. And 
I think he, even if you told me about my question that you already said a lot of time to your audience that they need to prepare, I think we cannot emphasize enough the importance of prepare yourself, get confident, talk to yourself in front of the mirror if you need, and just do it. And once you will break this kind of you know glass I can I see it like sometimes we have some a lot of resistances and it's kind of a glass like an invisible glass in front of us and I think the success is just after the glass so you have to push through break the glass do it and break the glass again and again and again and more you're breaking it and easier it gets and one day you're just looking at your uh, everything that you've been through and everything that you succeed at and you kind of quite pride, <laughs> proud of <laughs> your achievements. So, but start first. <laughs> I think that's the, uh, even if you don't, don't feel ready, I think that that's, I, I always go out of my comfort zone, always. And it's always paid off. Start first, get started. You are the authority. It is your show. And I have to throw this in there for any audience member, Dominique, who is focused on or completely distracted by, I don't know, a misplaced word in one sentence that you may have uh, done or something like that. That person is not the, the person to whom you're speaking. You're speaking to everybody else, right? If that is what gets that person's attention as opposed to the content, you cannot worry about that person. And the same goes for the listeners. If you ever have a situation in a presentation where somebody gets stuck on one little something, maybe there was a misspelled word in your slide. And of course you want to go through your slides with a fine tooth comb, but we are still human too. You have somebody who gets stuck on that and cannot move past anything else. That person is not your uh, target audience, is your target market, your ideal audience member. And I keep coming back to this, that there's other things going on. You just and often, <laughs> often it annoys more of you than any other people in the room. People don't really. Right, right. It annoys you. Just don't let it bother you. Yeah, yes. exactly. The rest of the audience, they probably saw it, but but they're so engaged in what you're talking about. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, we all make mistakes, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> I Dominic, agree. Dominic Fraser, it's been fantastic speaking with you today. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And everybody, thank you for tuning into this episode. This is Bridget McGowan. Until next time, make sure you always own the microphone.